Welcome to the Passive Income Examiner Show, helping you navigate the muddy waters of building successful revenue streams beyond the nine to five. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland, mama of four who has a passion for living my best life and helping you do the same. I'm honored you're here and excited to offer you valuable and inspiring content. I believe we can have the freedom we desire and the happiness we deserve. Thanks for joining me. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode. I am truly excited beyond beyond words <laughs> to share this guest with you today. It's ironic because I recently had this desire to know more about online memberships. And out of the blue, I get a message from Shane Sams messaging me from the podcast, The Flip Lifestyle, asking to be a guest on my show. And of course, I'm like, uh, of course, exactly what I've been looking for. I'm so excited. If you don't know Shane, Shane Sams is the host of The Flip Lifestyle podcast and the founder of FlippedLifestyle.com. In 2012, Shane was a school teacher in southeastern Kentucky, after years of job losses and bad bosses, Shane found himself stressed, working too many hours, spending too little time with his family, and tired of working for others. Sound familiar? <laughs> then a devastating situation with his son made him rethink his life and his family's future. After months of trial and error, Shane and his wife, Jocelyn, suddenly launched an online business. They would go on to replace their income, quit their jobs, and make millions online. Today, Shane's mission is to help other families families find the freedom his family has through online business. He helps other family-focused entrepreneurs each week on his podcast and inside the Flipped Lifestyle community. Welcome, Shane. I'm super pumped up. You have, you know, it's, I, I don't know if you believe in God. I believe God guides me in my journey here, but I had just been asking for somebody who, um, I, I've really been on a hunt for figuring out memberships and, uh, ah. You found you, the right guy. You messaged me. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're believers too. So we got yeah, 100%, man. There's divine appointments. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, love it. It is. I love it. Now, are, are you thinking about starting a membership or? Yeah. Well, oh, yes, but nice. also because uh, just because of what I do with the passive income examiner, I want to, I've had a guest who does courses. I've had a guest that does YouTube and, you know, e-commerce and I've kind of hit all the different things and I'm, I'm memberships is one thing I haven't found somebody to come onto the podcast to talk about. Cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, wait yeah. till you hear about the first person we ever helped uh, do it. it. Her name was Lindsay too. So oh, really? Maybe, okay. maybe that was a sign. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was going to ask you, are you originally from Kentucky? Born and raised and remain today and probably right. will stay here forever. Yeah, we've got a 40 acre farm out in the middle of nowhere. So okay, we're not going you guys anywhere. show up all the time on my, um, I don't know if it's Facebook or Instagram, one of the two, but uh, I think Facebook, I, I spend more time on Facebook and I thought you had a farm. I was going to ask you because my husband, I'm not an actual farmer. I call it a farm because I never know what to call it. We've got a lake and a bunch of land. That's what we've really got. Cause I couldn't, if, if someone gave me a cow, it would be dead by Thursday. You know what I mean? Like I would <laughs> have no idea what to do with any farming, but I just don't know what to tell people. So I just tell them it's a farm. There you go. Yeah. Well, I live on five acres. We moved here from Arizona and we, we got sheep and we have chickens and ducks and um, uh, remind me, you got to ask, remind me to tell you about the sheep lady. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I say let's get started because I don't, I've already got my questions ready to go. It looks like you're an expert podcast interview. Ready, guest. To, ready to rock <laughs> here, here to serve, help you any way I can. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I guess start Shane by just uh, telling everybody a little bit about us. I'd love to hear more about your story and 
I will warn you, I love to meet people. So if I get carried away, <laughs> nope. Hey, I, this is my joy. Yesterday, I didn't, uh, I have these weird things because I go from like CEO, team leader, down to podcast, host, and guest. And I go like in these waves throughout the week. And yesterday, my wife, Jocelyn, and I, we worked all day on like, the boring stuff like quarterly budgets and all these things. And I got so down yesterday about five o'clock and she was like, you've not talked to enough humans today. You've <laughs> not met anybody new to us. I'm right there with you. And I'm pumped Lindsay to be here. So my wife, Joss and I, we are from Kentucky. Um, we are online entrepreneurs and um, we help people through our podcast and our website over at fliplifestyle.com uh, start online businesses and create membership sites. But that's not what we've always done. Um, about 10 years ago, I was actually a school teacher in Southeast Kentucky. Um, I taught social studies and coached football from daylight till dark every single day. My wife, Jocelyn, she was an elementary school librarian. And, um, you know, we were just living that kind of good enough life, that, that pre-pandemic American dream life. <laughs> we had the 2.2 cars, 2.2 kids, the above ground pool, and, you know, just doing our thing, living paycheck to paycheck. But it, I always tell people we got paid on Friday, but it ran out on Thursday every single time. So it wasn't a great paycheck. It just always ran out a day short. Um, and then something happened that really changed the trajectory of our life. Like a lot of working parents, we had our kids in school. Um, I had a little boy. His name's Isaac. He was about three years old at the time. And our little girl, Anna, was about a year, year and a half old. And um, we, we, we would drop the kids off at daycare, commute to work, come home, do all that thing. And one morning I was dropping Isaac off at his daycare center and he was really freaking out, really upset. And he told me that a lady inside was scaring him. And, and I said, what's going on? Tried to work it out. He wasn't really super verbal. So it took me a few minutes to figure out what was going on. But it turns out that Isaac was being uh, punished severely for potty training accidents. They were actually locking him in a bathroom in the dark for like four or five hours at a time. And, um, and he just would not, he, he was, he was, he, he was not able to verbalize it up until this point. And we found out later that there was a lot of abuse going on in that daycare, like punishments like this. Um, it came out in the newspaper. There was one lady was sitting on kids with a beanbag chair to hold them down. Um, and it was just a crazy situation of this. This was a legacy daycare center in our town. The lady that had owned it was like everyone's grandmother, you know? And she retired new owners. It just went downhill before anybody could react. But I'm a school teacher. And I'm standing here in the parking lot. I've got like 10 minutes to get to work and I got a 20 minute commute and I can't get a hold of Jocelyn because she's already at work. She already dropped Anna Joe off. She was at another daycare facility for little kids, uh, for babies. And I couldn't get a hold of anyone in my family. They all worked. I couldn't get a hold of my principal, my boss. And I was stuck because, I mean, I have legal responsibilities to be in the classroom. There's 30 juniors waiting to do stupid things or burn down the building if I don't get there. Um, and I, I did the only thing I could do. I went and dropped my son off at my daughter's daycare. There was a lady there that had kept him when he was a baby who I trusted. And I was like, please just watch him. I know you can't keep him because this facility is for babies, but I'll come back. I'll just be back as fast as I can. I got to go get a hold of somebody at my workplace. This was 2012. I had a flip phone still, I think. I don't know what was going on. I don't even think I had an iPhone at this point. Um, so I went to work, got somebody to watch my class, and I went down to my boss's office. Um, she was an interim principal, and she was, she was the assistant principal. She wasn't the main principal. He was gone that day. And I told her the story. I just told you. I said, I got to go back and deal with this. This is total chaos. This is just happening. And she 
was really cool when she was hearing me say the story. And when I was done, she kind of paused, leaned back, and she took off her glasses and laid them down and looked up at me. And she said, Mr. Sams, is your son in immediate danger right now? And I said, no, not right this second. I just need somebody to watch my class so that I can go back and get him and get him out of his place and figure out what happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm mad because I f- found out something's going on. I got I to go explore this and see what's happening. And she said, well, if he's not in immediate danger right now and he's at a place with someone you trust, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to help you. All the subs are already out. It's too late to get a sub. I have too much on my agenda and I can't watch a class for you. Um, you're going to have to handle your personal problems after work. I know your son needs you, but your job needs you too. And I just stood there, Lindsay, in shock that this was happening. I couldn't believe that someone that that that, that she wouldn't let me leave. And I said, I, "I'm not. That's unacceptable. I'm going. I'm leaving. What will happen if I leave?" And she said, "Well, you could be fired. You could be. You're leaving your duty um, in the classroom." And I'm like, "Well, that's just going to have to happen." And I left school that day. I walked out of her office, never went back to my class, got in my car. And as I was driving home, I caught myself in the rear view mirror, just looked myself right in the eye. And I was furious. I was so, I've never been more mad in my entire life. And I wasn't mad at the uh, person who was doing this to Isaac, my son, because it ended up being ignorance more than anything else. I, I don't even think they realized it was malicious. And it wasn't even at my boss. Um, you know, I was mad at myself. I was mad that I had put myself in a position where somebody thought they had so much control of my life because they gave me insurance and a paycheck and maybe retirement someday that they could tell me I couldn't go to my son when he needed me, that they thought they controlled every minute of my day and they dictated where I would be. Um, and I made a promise to myself in the car that day that I would find a way to make my own income and I would find a way to become and stay self-employed. I would kick the nine to five. I would never work for anybody else again. And, and whenever my family needed me in the future, I would be able to drop anything at any time and it wouldn't matter. And I could be there for them. So that's what sent us down the rabbit hole of uh, learning how to do online business, learning how to do memberships. And, you know, it's what got us to where we are today, really. Yeah. You know, I, uh, that's a touching story. I mean, I'm over here doing my best to keep my waterworks from going because I still mom, cry. Every time I talk about it, I still cry because yeah, it's like, well, it was horrific. You know? I have four kids and I, can't even imagine. But, um, but at the same time, you know, I think there was a silver lining, a very slim silver lining, because I I was just talking to one of my clients about this. She's in a position where she's about, she's capable of leaving her job, but she just feels this loyalty. And Mm. I said, golly, you know, what if something dramatic happened in your life and you were forced to, you wouldn't think twice about it, but sometimes we almost have to be in that position before we let go of the comfort zone. And so, I mean, in a way, it's almost, I don't even want to say it's a blessing, but it, it well, kind of you, is in a weird way. You know, I mean, you know, I th- I've, I've thought a lot about situations like this. Like, like one reason I got into football coaching was because uh, in my career as a high school, like I was a really good high school football player and I had a catastrophic knee injury that uh, that took me out at the end of my career. So I didn't get to finish, right. You know, my, my football career and that catastrophic knee injury, like basically gave me the will to go get a college degree to go get, um, I coached in college football for a couple of years. I coached in, I was a head coach in high school for, uh, and a defensive coordinator for almost 10 years. Um, but that hunger was there from that catastrophe, 
right? And I don't think I would have been as driven to be 26 years old and getting a college football job from a guy who didn't even finish his high school career if I hadn't have had that circumstance. And in life, you know, there's a lot of challenges that God puts in front of us. And I really think that we can't control those circumstances. And the only options are to get bitter and get overwhelmed by them or to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Right. So we decided that we would, we would do something with it. And that's what I did. I start, I started looking, this was back in 2012. Like we're podcasters, like you and I do this all the time now. And it's kind of common and people are starting like there's podcasts in movies and they talk about it and stuff. Back in 2012, there were not a lot of podcasts. There was not a lot of, uh, and you had to download them on those little iPod shuffles. Like you didn't even have phones that you could download podcasts to really, right? Like you had to put them all on uh, your iTunes on your desktop and then put them on your iPod. So I, I started researching businesses and things like that and tried to harness this catastrophe into something productive. Um, and I was looking on the internet one day for a podcast, for podcasts about business or audiobooks about business, anything I could find. And I discovered this website called the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn. Yeah. And I, I was drawn to Pat because Pat's picture at the time in the upper right-hand corner of his website was a picture of him holding his son. And his son and my son are almost the exact same age. So I was like, wow, who's this guy? And I started listening to him. I started downloading episodes to listen to his podcast. And one day I went out to cut my grass, getting on a lawnmower, you know, just like desperately trying to find something because all the things that I had thought about I, were just failures. Like my wife was like, I was like, oh, well, maybe I could be a handyman. I'll just mow people's yards in the summer and I'll fix toilets in the fall. And she'll be like, Shane, you're not handy. You can't <laughs> do that. Like, that is not a good idea. And I'm like, you're right. We'll probably starve. And like all these ideas I had of these, like, maybe we can start a restaurant. And she's like, you can't cook and we don't have enough money for rent. I'm like, dang it. Okay. There it goes again. Right. So I was, Jocelyn was just like getting kind of mad. Like you got a career, just deal with it, you know? Um, but I, but I, I downloaded a bunch of podcasts one day and, and I turned on Pat's podcast and I was mowing my grass and driving around, you know, in my little square, getting my yard mode. And I started listening to him tell his story about how he started creating content basically for himself. He started a blog where he was talking about being an architect student and passing the architecture exam. And then, and he started talking about creating content and building an audience. And I was like, huh, this is really, really interesting. And about a week or two before I had heard this, uh, found his podcast, me and my wife, Jocelyn, were in a car driving to Muhlenberg County, Kentucky to see her parents and her grandparents. And I just had this thought in my head and I looked over at Jocelyn and we've been silent for like 30 minutes. You know, it is when you're driving and you're just sitting around hanging out. And I said, I wonder if I can get a hundred people to give us $50 a month. And she said, what? I'm like, yeah, think about it. Like we're trying to replace our income together combined. We make about $5,000 a month. If we could just get 100 people on the planet out of 7 billion people to send us $50 every single month, we'd be able to replace our income and quit our jobs. And she was like, how are you going to do that? That makes absolutely no sense. Like online business was not a huge thing back then, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know. But if I say it, it's probably possible. So we'll just, I'll just keep that in my mind. And as I'm listening to Pat's podcast this day while I'm mowing my grass, he starts talking about how he realized he had an audience and he realized he had traffic. And he thought, wait a minute. I've wrote all these blog posts about studying for the architecture exam. I just passed it. So my, my method clearly worked. I'm going to put this into a PDF and try to sell it as a study guide. So he puts a PayPal button on his website. He charges like 49 bucks, 50 bucks for it. And he says, Hey, if you want this, you can buy it. And he made $9,000, $9,000 just after he emailed his list and he put it out there in the world. 
And I about flipped that lawnmower, Lindsay. I about wrecked it. I about I turned that thing and started doing donuts and spun out. And I said, oh, my gosh, like this is how I can get 100 people to send me $50 a month. I can monetize my God-given talents, my God-given knowledge, my God-given wisdom. We can put this into formats that people can use to succeed at something faster or better. Gosh, we can do this. Like I'm a teacher. I create content for a living anyway. Yeah. Right. So I jumped off my lawnmower, ran inside, told Jocelyn this story. And she was just looking at me like, what are you talking about? You're crazy, right? <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, no, but I was like, there's something to this. I really think um, that we could do it. And that's what sent us down the rabbit hole of creating content, building audience, getting a list um, and figuring out a problem that we could solve in the world and how we could help uh, other people. Uh, do you have podcasting questions? Are you looking for a community where you can learn and grow as a podcaster? Hi, I'm Greg, creator of Indie Drop-In Network. Join me and Jeff Townsend, aka the Indie Podcast Father, on Twitter Spaces every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for Podcasting Power Hour. Every week, we are joined by experts on different aspects of podcasting to help the community learn and grow as creators. We tackle questions from podcasters at every level. Just go to podcastingpowerhour.com for links to the space and to hear previous episodes. That's podcastingpowerhour.com. Through an online business and it just kind of took off like gangbusters. Okay. So I'm still leaking from your story. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's like, it's what I get for trying to hold it back. Um, okay. So, I mean, this is great because I see that you guys were able to then turn that into helping people. How did you feel about, is it, you know, you've heard of imposter syndrome. Did you guys start by just, uh, teaching people memberships? Was that the, no, beginning? no, no, no. This was a long, okay. yeah. That, well, not a super long journey. So what happened was I, I was like the crash test dummy in the car. Like I was just trying everything. I was spending three or four hours a day reaching through the internet, searching for any information I could about websites and email marketing. I was teaching myself HTML and how to code and build a website. I didn't have like Kajabi and ClickFunnels back then. You just had to figure it out. Right. And I was trying all these different things. I like started a blog and it was kind of dumb and it didn't really do anything. And then I started thinking like, well, how, do, how can I monetize my wisdom? Like, what do I do every day? Well, you know, one of the things that I did I started a Twitter account and I just started drawing football plays on napkins and I started sharing them. And like a couple coaches started following me. And then um, I made this really spammy website. Like for, I was hoping that people would come and download. Uh, I was hoping history teachers would download my web, my worksheets. And okay. I, and I surrounded them with spammy ads and like affiliate links. And I was like, maybe someone will accidentally click something, you know? And like, nobody ever did. It was terrible. There was no traffic. <laughs> I had no content. So there was no SEO. And Jocelyn was getting really frustrated with me. I mean, I've been doing this for months and had nothing to show for it, but I was learning along the way, like how to build websites, how to get everything cooked together, how to make this happen, how to take payments, whatever. But, but it was just total disastrous failure. And I got really, really sad. And I really was about to give up. And I was like, this Pat Flynn guy, he's full of crap. He's a spammer. He's <laughs> I want to tell you, I'm, I know no Pat and I'm friends with Pat and I love Pat. And I'm not saying he's a spammer, but I thought he was at the time because I couldn't make it work. Right. And um, one night I was laying in bed. It was really late at night. It was like midnight, like really, you know how to, you know, like I was depressed. Like I was so depressed. Like, have you ever been laying in your bed, like on your back and you got your, your computer on your chest? 
and you're like so like bummed out you're trying to like move the mouse with your chin and you're like yeah they don't even feel like raising my hand up to move the mouse <laughs> and like, i was just so mad because I, every time i would look at my analytics no traffic no affiliate clicks nothing like there was just nothing so got frustrated shut my laptop and threw it off of me jocelyn was reading a book kids were asleep and i went to the bathroom i was so mad i, I didn't even turn on the light i was just in the bathroom brushing my teeth in the dark and and like i had like the light the only light was the light coming from the bedroom like on half my face and then the rest of it was just darkness and i'm just like it was the most depressing moment of my life probably and um and i just got i just prayed like right there at the sink i was like god this is ridiculous like i am i am getting no results right i am wandering in the wilderness here people and is this even real like are these people full of it like is, are these people really making money on the internet just from creating their content and taking their God-given experiences and wisdom and putting them in the digital products? And what, what is happening? Like, and I just, I, made, I was like, give me a sign. Like I'll, I'll either keep going this rabbit hole. If it's, if it's true, just let me know it's true for me. But if it's not true for me, then whatever path you've got lined up for me, I'll go that path, right? I'm on a good path. I'm blessed. I'm going to have gratitude and I'll, I'm just done with it. I'm sick of it. I got to go one way or the other. And I walked back into my bedroom and I picked up my computer to lay down and go to sleep. And I don't know what made me do it, but I was just like, you know what? I'm going to pull everything. You know how you check your analytics one more time before bed, right? See how many downloads of my podcast that I get yeah. today, whatever, you know? Yep. So I opened it up and I was on the Google AdSense screen and um, I hit refresh. And whereas zero had been there before, when I hit refresh and it came back, there was 11 cents. Like there was 11 cents that had triggered somehow in my AdSense account. And I, it could have been $11 million. <laughs> I just like jumped up in the air and started celebrating. And my wife's like, shut up. The kids are asleep. What are you doing? And I'm like, look at this. I'm like, look at this. Like, look, this is real. Like, this is real. Like I put something out and money came back. And I know it's just 11 cents and this sounds absolutely ridiculous, but if it's 11 cents, it can be $11. It could be $1,100. It could be 11 people. It could be 1100 people. Like, there's got to be this. There's got to be something to this. And Jocelyn, at that point, as frustrated as she was, she could have really like looked at me like I was an idiot and said, go to bed. But she didn't. She just I, I will never forget her head tilting, like really curious and then looking up at me. And as she said, huh, what else can we do? And that's what that's what sent us down these rabbit holes of, OK, let's we stepped back and we said success leaves clues. Let's watch the magician's hands. And we went back to the Pat Flynn example and we said, oh, wait a minute. He downloaded his information into these PDFs so that people could use it in the real world to accomplish a goal. It wasn't about affiliate clicks and Google, and whatever. This was him teaching people that were a step or two behind him. So Jocelyn was an elementary school librarian and she said, I'm having trouble finding lesson plans because a librarian has to teach five classes a day, like not five classes a day, like first graders, second graders, third graders, fourth graders, and oh. fifth graders. Oh. So they have five preps and, and one prep is three hours in a night, but she's got five preps. So she's like, I wonder if other elementary librarians need lesson plans. And I'm like, yes. So we bought elementarylibrarian.com. And I was like, well, I'm a football coach. I make playbooks. I I run this defense. Maybe I can sell this defense that I run uh, that's designed for high school kids that are not very talented so that we can win more games than we lose, right? Maybe there's other coaches out there that are losing more games than they win and they need my help because I figured this out. And we started building these websites and these products uh, to put out into the world. And Jocelyn started blogging about libraries 
Um, she started building a little following on Twitter, a little following on Facebook. She got an email list of about a couple hundred people over the next couple months. And she sent an email out and said, hey, I'm thinking about making lesson plans for August. How would you like to have bell to bell lesson plans for every day of the school year? You never have to plan a lesson again. And she sent that out. And uh, in the first month, we made $2,500 from that little wow. bitty baby list of like 250 people. That's and, and, that, and that was the, I know, we went from 11 cents to 2,500. And we're school teachers in Kentucky. Like that was one of our salaries, right? We had just 33% increase in money. And then the next month was 3,000. The next month was 5,000. And then in July of uh, 2013, we made $15,000. So it was our first five-figure month. And then in July of 2013 or August of 2013, uh, we made like $36,000 off of lesson plans and playbooks, just selling to football coaches and librarians. And we were like, if we can do this part-time, I mean, we could, what could we do full-time? And, uh, and we went in and we resigned on September 27th and, uh, we've been self-employed ever since. And back to the imposter syndrome question, we had massive imposter syndrome. Like when we started out, Jocelyn, I'd only been a librarian for three years. Like who is she to make lesson plans for all the librarians in the world? Right. But she solved a problem. People were going home at night and working on lesson plans instead of spending time with their kids. And that was unacceptable to them. So she paid her them for lesson plans. I, my first year as head coach, I was 0 and 10, Lindsay. I lost every game and I got running clocked eight times, but I had figured out how to, you know, three, two and eight. Three and seven. We ah, we're having winning seasons now every year. This is great. I feel I go. I'm not mad at my kids half the time. In the you know, on the next day after a football game, and other coaches really responded to that and they bought it. So we didn't have to be PhDs or Super Bowl winning coaches or 30 year elementary librarians. We just had to do something that people needed, who may or were maybe were a step behind us in the journey, and um, everything just exploded. Man, when we, when we started creating content consistently. It blew up. It just absolutely blew up. And at that time, you were just doing content on the website with the blog. No podcast yet. We were no, no, we podcasted. We got into podcasting. Like Jocelyn had the elementary librarian podcast riveting. Everybody wanted to start a podcast. Jocelyn pulled it off with elementary school librarians. So that's <laughs> as niche as it gets, right? And uh, I had a football podcast where I, where I interviewed coaches. And it was hilarious because when I started my podcast, Everybody that said yes to Jocelyn, all these elementary librarians, anybody she asked, they said yes to her. Um, but the football coaches were weird because I was like, I mean, who am I? I know a couple coaches from college, but I'm not going to get any of them. So I interviewed my buddy who lives in my town. He's the seventh grade middle school defensive coordinator. That was my first podcast guest ever. I had a, a, a Roland mic that I sat in the middle of my coffee table and we just talked. The audio was awful. But like three podcasts in, I started asking people and I started getting like Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, this guy was on ESPN. I reached out to him, this coach. He, he came on my podcast. It was so funny. Like 10 episodes in, I went from my buddy who's coaching seventh graders to a dude who was on college game day last week, right? <laughs> and we just built, uh, we used podcasting to build our business uh, from the very beginning uh, when we ran uh, that elementary librarian and coach XO. Yeah. That's great. Okay, great. So it just goes to show that, you yeah, know, it took us about a year and a half before we started teaching. Okay. So how did you, I, so forgive me because I haven't, I haven't really dived into the flip lifestyle yet, but I, the, uh, not the podcast. I'm talking about your membership. Tell me what is that sure. fo focus and how did you guys get to that point? So one thing that we realized early on, because we were selling um, seasonal kind of products, right? Like we were like, like Jocelyn would 
she actually labeled her lesson plans like September, October, November, December, right? And, and mine were very seasonal. Mine were like in season, weightlifting season, summer football, like install for, you know, the fall. Like, so we had these real seasonal events and we're like, wait a minute, why don't we just charge people monthly for this? Because we went from the world of paycheck to paycheck to this world where a lot of people live feast or famine, launch to launch. Like you sell a course, you close it, you don't open it again for three months, you run out of money, you keep doing it again. And so there's just constant stress. And we were like, wait a minute, let's just charge them 50 bucks a month and then they can pay forever. And we don't have to sell it to these people every single month. So we discovered the membership model really super early. And what it created for us was stability and predictability for working parents. I mean, we're, we, we are, we are a husband and wife. Uh, I'm more a mom and a dad. We got mouths to feed. Like I can't live launch to launch like some 20 year old entrepreneur living in Thailand on $6 a day or whatever. You can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had to create a way for families to make stable, predictable income. And we discovered this membership model. And then what uh, everybody thought we were crazy when we quit our jobs. Like you're from Idaho. I'm from Kentucky. Nobody knows what's going on. They just see Shane and Jocelyn moved into another house. Shane and Jocelyn quit their jobs. Did, did that, are they doing drugs? Are they, are they getting divorced? Are they getting fired? What's happening over there? Right? They're like, what are you doing? Like, my mom was so mad at me when I quit my job. Cause she was like, you've got babies, son. You've got to take care of them. <laughs> right? Like, and I'm like, mom, I got it. It's okay. Like, it was so, it was so crazy. Like we went and visited uh, Jocelyn's grandfather and he's an old coal miner from Western Kentucky. And when we left, uh, he comes out and he always shakes my hand like a man, you know what I'm saying? From the fifties, mm -hmm. like, like he reached out and he shook my hand and uh, I looked down, there was a $20 bill in it. I, like, <laughs> I looked up at him and he goes, and he goes, and he goes, he goes, son, I know you're not working right now. So there's some gas money to get you home. And I, I don't have the heart to tell him that we probably made more money last month than he made in any year of his working life before retirement. But like, it's like, it was nobody understood. And even at church, we led a small group. Uh, for couples who had small children, they all were shocked the day we told them. I and mean, it was like dead silence. We were just like, okay, pray for us. We're quitting our jobs. And they're like, Wah! like everybody freaked out. But slowly but surely, people started realizing it was okay. And one day after church, a friend of Jocelyn's name, Lindsay, actually came up to her and said, hey, I think it's cool what you guys are doing. And it's pretty amazing. Like, I've never seen anything like it. I have a dream to homeschool my children. Do you think that I could do what you're doing? Could you show me how to do that? And could I make enough money maybe to quit my job and stay home and do this? And we were like, sure. So we taught her how to make digital products. We taught her how to get them in front of people. We helped her get it online and get it in front of the people. Um, and lo and behold, a couple of months later, she made enough money to quit her. She's like, I feel confident. I'm going to quit my job. See what happens. And she quit her job and she homeschooled her kids all the way to this day. She's still homeschooling her children. That's awesome. and we didn't really think much of it when it happened. Yeah. When it happened, like it was just our friend. It was cool. Like we got to hang out with her more, you know what I mean? Whatever. And uh, one day after church, uh, I was going in the back hall to try to take a shortcut to the nursery to get my kids before the line got big. And uh, I ran into Lindsay's husband and he came up to me and he goes, Hey man, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, sure, bud. And he had tears in his eyes. And he's like, I don't know if I've ever truly thanked you uh, for what you and Jocelyn did for our family, because not only does Lindsay get to stay home and homeschool our kids. And, you know, not only do we get to make this great income, even though she's at home, but we're doing things we never got to do before, even when she was a two income person. Like we went to Florida over Christmas break. We never could have done that, especially if I was on one income. Oh. And uh, I've always I've always had a dream, Shane, to go back to school and be a college professor. And, but I've never felt like it was a responsible decision to go into that much debt for my family but I'm using the money we're making online now to pay for my PhD as I go 
and I'm going to get my PhD. And he got his PhD and he teaches up at Eastern Kentucky like today. Uh, that's um, where he gave me. And so I, 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 I'm bawling by this point. I'm crying. And he, and he, and he just gives me a big hug and he just says, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I got in the car that, you know, I picked up my kids from the nursery and we got in the car and, um, I looked over at Jocelyn. I told her that story and I was like, man, if what we figured out, you know, all these other people that are doing this entrepreneur stuff, like, I mean, there's, there's a certain type of people that do it. Like there's a lot of people selling passive income. There's a lot of people like selling that 80 hour grind, like Gary V and hustle and grind and all this stuff. And people want to build $10 million companies. I'm like, man, some people just want to raise their kids and be with their family more and have a good life without worry. Um, and that's, and, and, and that's what we figured out for us. And that's what we helped Lindsay and JT do. So why would we not tell other people about this? You know, and that's what made us start thinking about what, what, what it would look like if there was a podcast for family first entrepreneurs, people who wanted to go out and make, you know, 60, hundred grand a year, get a hundred people, pay them $50 a month, get 200 people, pay them $50 a month, make a great living, an, an excellent living and be able to take their kids to school in the morning and pick them up after school and go to ball games and go to recitals and do all those things. And we started, and that's what became flipped lifestyle. Like we started thinking about living opposite of the world, like in it, not of it, like flipping, turning it upside down. Like it's not about work, 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 a little bit of time at night for your kids. It's about family, 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 and do the work that makes that happen. Mm -hmm. Right. So we launched our podcast. Um, I, I, I had, I had been in contact with Pat Flynn, uh, the whole journey because he was not as big at the time. He only had like 30 episodes when I found him. And so you could still email him and he'd email you back. Right. And we became friends. I went out to San Diego. We met him. Um, he had us on his podcast, which, um, which of course we were like telling people about flip lifestyle and it just blew up. I mean, it just exploded, uh, really, really fast. We got featured in Forbes. So we got some, these things started snowballing once we decided to put ourselves out into the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we put ourselves in the right place to be at the right place at the right time. And we were, um, so we launched flip lifestyle, I think in 2014, I don't remember exactly what month, uh, but we got 120 members the first day and we knew there was a hunger for this and, you know, and, uh, it got so, uh, it got so big and we started seeing so much transformation in so many people's lives that in 2017, we actually decided to, uh, shut down, uh, a couple of our websites because we had multiple passive income businesses that were literally passive. Like we worked on them like four hours, five hours a week. It was ridiculous. Um, but we realized they were also very valuable. So we sold elementary librarian in 2017 uh, to uh, an investment group. And uh, we went all in on flip lifestyle. And that's what we've been doing ever since. That's so un what and you know one thing else besides the, the the ability to impact your own life and to spend more time with your kids and all of those goodies you get to make a difference in thousands of people's lives even if you're just selling lesson plans because really oh 100% saving somebody's mental stress you know yes that that was that was our great discovery lindsay is everyone thinks you're selling the the pdf everyone thinks you're selling the digital product that's not true you're, you're always selling time, yeah. almost always. You're always selling speed. And what happens is like the librarian who gets to go home and not do lesson plans for three hours buys her life back. Her, she gets to get her kids recitals. Uh, the coach that buys my playbooks, he gets to go home happy more nights than not. That means those weekends, he gets to get up and go enjoy his kids on the weekends, right? Yeah. Or, he gets, or he gets to succeed five years faster. And what really, imp there's a quote that really impacted me early in my journey, I heard this uh, story about Mother Teresa, right? 
And Mother Teresa was being interviewed by this reporter. And you've seen pictures of Mother Teresa. She's this little 100-pound old lady, basically, in all of her pictures, right? And so this, this big you know, reporter, he was being kind of rude to her and cynical. And he said, come on. He goes, let's be realistic. Do you really think that you can change the world? You here, really? And Mother Teresa uh, reached down and picked up a rock off the ground. And she looked up at him. And she laughed in his face and she said, no, I do not think I can change the world alone, but every single day I can pick up my stone and cast it out upon the waters and cause many ripples. And I thought about that. When I read that quote, I was like, dang, man, Pat Flynn picked up his stone and started a podcast about what he had done. And he threw that stone out upon the waters and the ripple from that went across the continent and knocked an old boy from Kentucky off his lawnmower. And all we got to do is pick up our stone and we can throw it and hit somebody else. And then they're going to pick up their stone from that ripple and they're going to hit somebody else. And that's what I love about the membership model is the, is the impact that magnifies 10 X into more impact whenever we talk to these people. And we've seen people crazy do crazy things that have impacted people all over the world. Like um, I think you were telling me off air that you raise sheep, you got sheep Mm -hmm. or something like that. Right. So there's this lady, I got to tell you this, there's this lady from uh, North Dakota, and uh, she's probably near Canada too, actually, now that I think about it. And she has a sheep farm and her name's Teresa Perleyberg. Uh, her website's like Bear Mountain Felting, I think is what it is. And um, she comes into our community and she's like, hey, I've got a bunch of sheep. I'm like, okay. And she, goes, <laughs> she, like, she goes, but I've got an idea. I'm like, what's your idea? And she goes, I shear the sheep and take the wool and dye the wool and play with the wool and do whatever they do to the wool to make it wool, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, and then I needle felt the wool into stuffed animals. It's an amazing hobby. It's peaceful. It's like crochet needle felting, right? And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And she goes, I think that I could blog about this and start a community of sheep, sheep shearing needle felting enthusiasts from all over the world. And we could do that. And I'm like, that is the most niche thing I've ever heard, Teresa. If you want to go for it, let's go for it, right? Because apparently needle felting is a big thing, actually. Yeah. But she was like teaching them how to do the wool and everything, right? And um, so we build this membership. She goes out and she gets 400 people to join this membership for $50 a month. Like, think about that. She has four or 500 people from around the world who are sheep shearing needle felt felting enthusiasts. And it got so big that she uh, started supplying the wool in subscription boxes from her thing. She ran out of sheep. She couldn't shear them fast enough. She gets a partner <laughs> up in North Dakota to join her and they provide extra wool so that, that she's in charge of kind of the sheep shearing and she's in charge of the uh, needle felting courses to teach them how to make elephants and giraffes and whatever. I've got one on my shelf over here. That's a little teddy bear. I see that. Yeah. And uh, so she does all these things that they went out and bought us old elementary school and remodeled it. And it's now the cheap sharing needle felting enthusiastic headquarters of the world. (laughs) And people fly to North Dakota to to stay in these little Airbnb rooms. And they do in the old gym, they do like like conferences about sheep sharing needle felting memberships. So like, but like, but it's brought like her people. It brings so much peace and it's their hobby. And I'm sure after a hard day, people go out and they have this community of people that love what they love. Cause who, I mean, you can go knock on a hundred doors. Your neighbors do not love needle felting sheep shearing. Right. They just don't, but yeah. they do. They have those people. And like, just even seeing stuff like that, man, not only just the people we impact through our products, but like 
then that, that, that ripple just goes on around the world. Well, it was so fascinating to me. And I've been, I've always said this, you can literally make a business out of anything. And that is just proof. anything. I mean, anything, anything. anything. Okay. We got people raising backyard chickens. Yeah. I had a guy one, I had a guy one time. He taught people how to keep Venus fly traps alive. Well, I mean, it's just bizarre, <laughs> but, awesome. like, but yeah, they, everyone's on the internet. I love half the, half the world and the we, rest of them are coming. So. We can all do what we love and make a living doing it. That's right. Okay. Well, I want to wrap up and I want to get into pro, uh, systems because okay. I'll be honest, like I said early on that I've been researching this, trying to figure out this membership thing. And um, I'm kind of coming up to where here's, here's something I'm struggling with, I guess, in my, in my business. And maybe this will give some insight to what I'm, where I'm going with this, but it seems like when you get started, there are so many systems and they don't all encompass everything. You have this one that has to plug in with this one and plug in with that one. And uh, then it becomes yeah. this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I made a mistake. I, I think it was a mistake, but it was a valuable mistake. I think people will learn from. And that was, I went with a, um, email marketing system that my podcasting coach recommended and I hate it. I wish I would have done some more research. Which one is it? Which one is it? It's get response. Oh yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And and it just the user user interface is just so ridiculous. And so Mm. I'm like, darn it, because now I feel like I have to start all over. I've got all these landing pages and it's a mess. And so I'm thinking, okay, I lesson learned doing some more research, but I mean, what systems have you found that sure. have been, you know, the best and kind of how do you guys work your back end? You know, we've had, um, we've ran multiple memberships. Uh, we've had four, six figure memberships. We're about to have our third seven figure membership. It's going to hit it probably in the next year or two. Right. And we've seen tons of systems. We've tried everything. I mean, I personally have tried so many different things. We've used Infusionsoft. We've used AWeber. We've anything you've, we, I, I'm, I told you I was a crash test dummy. I tried it all. Right. Um, we've also had the great privilege of helping around 4,000 people start building grow memberships. And we've seen them all come and go. And tech is always a problem, right? So there's, there's two parts to this question. What makes a good membership in general and what system can, can work on that? So let's talk about the first part first. You only need three things to have a membership site. This, th- that's it. Three things. You need curated content, a blueprint, a success path for people to follow. That's your courses and your trainings and your, you know, step-by-step how to start an online business, how to cheap, share, you know, cheap, whatever. Like that's your, your curated proprietary process. Now I'm not, I don't ever say content because everything that has ever been taught or can ever be taught is already on YouTube. It's the handholding, the service, the mentorship, the lantern bearer walking down the path, helping the person avoid the potholes with the content, this curated do this in order path that really draws people in and people come for the product for sure. That's where it's going to draw all your people in. They see the product they want, but they stay for the people. So not only do you need this curated content blueprint, you also need a place where you can build community. Okay. You need a place where people can hang out with each other. It's not about you. It's about them. People stay in our communities because of the other people in the communities, not just because of Shane and Jocelyn. Right. And then you need the, the coaching or the leadership. They need to, every membership needs some kind of figurehead or spokesperson or, or face of the business. Like me and Jocelyn are the brand. I'm the face of the company. She's behind the scenes. So like we provide that role, right? That leadership. And that's for like, you know, you do a monthly Q&A or something like that just to get everybody together. And, or you bring on a guest 
right? Somebody, you know, that's really, you know, in the industry and you let people ask them questions. So you serve as a leadership that role. So there's only three things you need to, you need to record a bunch of courses and put them in order. You need a place where people can talk. That's like a Facebook group or a forum. And then you need zoom to do member calls, right? Those are the only three things really you need. Now, system wise, we noticed that the biggest thing that stopped our people from succeeding was tech. So I set out in like 2019 or so for about six months, I was just buying every product you could buy. I was buying ClickFunnels. I was buying Infusionsoft. I was buying GetResponse. I was buying whatever. And I was testing everything to be like, where is the path to, of least resistance to success? And in about July of 2019, um, I knew about Kajabi, but I had not, I'd met uh, one of their vice presidents at an event or something. Like I'd met the people and I knew about it, but I hadn't went down the rabbit hole. And within one day, I knew this was the, the greatest tool that I'd ever seen for online business. Um, I actually launched a product in a weekend. I, I signed up for an account. Um, I created a paper newsletter. I'm holding it up. If anyone sees this on video right here. <laughs> and um, I was like, I want, it's a marketing calendar to show you how to market your membership every day of the month. So you don't have to think about it. And I launched it. And in four days I had a almost $10,000 a month business. And I built the website. I built the sales funnels. I'd done the email marketing. Everything's inside of Kajabi. It's made for an all-in-one service. And now I exclusively tell people to go to Kajabi because it, it's just crazy. Like you can go and you can experiment and you can go cheap or you can pay $150 a month and you can get everything you need. Website, email marketing, uh, sales funnels. Uh, all you got to do is put your PayPal button in there and it works and it takes the payments for you. Uh, it's, a, it's a CRM. It manages all your people. And oh my gosh, if I had had that back in 2012 when I was duct taping together WordPress, Aweber, eJunkie and all these other things, we would have made it a lot faster. So does it have the community aspect? It does. It has a community in it that functions very much like a forum slash newsfeed. Um, but we have a hybrid community. We actually have a Facebook group um, and we have this forum. And our dividing line is kind of like the Facebook group is like the if you go to a conference, it's like the outside. It's like the social part. It's fun talking about family, talking about vacations, talking about life. We talk a little about business out there. Um, I'll do some trainings and stuff. And then inside the community is exclusively where you can come in every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, ask questions. I've got a team in there, but I mean, I would run it myself. It'd be super easy. I mean, with a thousand people, you're only going to get five to 10 questions a day. Yeah. So like, you know, so it's not going to be a big deal, but Kajabi has everything that you need to actually do all of this stuff. And I'm not in a, um, I do promote it as an affiliate, but I mean, I got no skin in the game. I just, I just want my people to build their membership as fast as possible right. and get it out to the world as fast as possible. And um, that's the tool that we use right no, now. No, I would, I'm with you. I was just coaching somebody and I, I said the same thing. I said, you need to decide like, are you all in or not? Cause if you're all in, I would start with Kajabi. You want to hear a funny story back yeah. in around, uh, 2013, I was working, no, let's see, my son was born in 2015, so it was right around there. It was right after he was born. I was working in a movie studio in Arizona. I'm from Arizona, and we did, We it was a business. We, we worked for Scion. I, my background's in the automotive industry, and so we did all of these promotional videos for Scion. They're pure press. They, they had this buy online program, sure. and I was the manager of the studio, and this guy walks in. And he says, I want to get an animated video to represent my company. And it's for coaches. I think coaches are going to, it's a, it's a platform that coaches are going to be able to use. And I mean, like, oh, no. I was like, what's coaching? 
what what is this? Got this guy. Was it Kajabi? Locker. Yes, it was Kajabi. <laughs> That's it a two was. billion dollar company now. <laughs> That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Like you totally better be on Kajabi. That's another sign from the good Lord above. Like, cause yeah, man, that's, that's incredible. What an incredible story. Oh, he yeah. was so intense. The guy was so, I can't even remember his name. I remember him and I just remember thinking, wow, this guy's some serious right here. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, man. What a great story. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it really, it really is good. Like I'm a, I'm a shameless shill for, for Kajabi. Um, cause, and it's kind of like, uh, not a cult, but kind of feels like it sometimes. It's like when you get into Kajabi, you're like wearing the gear. Like you just like, this thing is so amazing. I'm just going to get a shirt. <laughs> like you get the t-shirt and stuff. Um, but for a membership side, it's really because like, it doesn't, the tools don't really matter. And if you, $150 is nothing guys. Like I know there's a lot of you out there. I'm not trying to minimize what money is. I was a school teacher. I was having yard sales every Saturday to pay for my stuff. I promise. I know what it's like, but at the same time, you only need three members to pay $50 a month and you pay for Kajabi forever. Come on. I mean, it's like that it's an, it's an investment that will pay off more than you could ever. Like we pay, uh, I think our Kajabi account, we've got like the pro account with three sites on it or whatever. It's like 350 bucks or something, but like that makes tens of thousands of dollars every single month. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the, it's the best, well, the best tool. The headache of having to switch it later oh, because, gosh. oh my it, gosh, I so know much time. So I'm much. in that pain. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Shane, how can people find you? Um, what would be the best way for them to find you? Yeah, we actually have, um, if anybody out there is listening to this and you're looking to create some kind of passive income business or, and I, I, wanna, I wanna stress passive income and I think you're probably the same way. Like all money must be managed. We're just talking about scale. We're talking about your, your business makes money while you sleep. Um, you know, you still gotta like, man, you can't just set it and forget it and you're gonna make passive income forever. That's not true, right? But we do focus on that passive income. I focus on getting people the freedom they need to, to get off work at three, to do all that stuff. So if you're interested in some kind of passive income business, if you wanna learn more about memberships or maybe you just need help getting an idea, and um, we actually have a free uh, gift for your listeners over at flippedlifestyle.com slash passive, F-L-I-P-P-E-D, lifestyle.com slash passive. Um, and it's our free idea training. We'll help you find your idea, uh, analyze and figure out how to use your God-given talents, experiences, and wisdom. We'll help you research your idea to make sure that it can make money online before you go down the rabbit hole. Uh, and then we'll help you make your next choices so you can make sure you build it correctly from uh, the beginning. So that's flippedlifestyle.com slash passive. And uh, that's a free training that everybody can have and, uh, and can check that out. So awesome. want to start a membership site. Well, this has been fun. I really enjoy talking with you. I told you I love to talk to people. And I, it's been my favorite thing about podcasting is just meeting people all over the world. So I told you I've done a thousand shows of my own and other people's. And you're the first person from Idaho I've got to podcast with. So Yay! This was amazing. <laughs> what a treat. Friends, wasn't that just an incredible interview? If you're still tuning in, I know it was really long, but I just wanted to share the whole thing with you because it just lit me up so much. I'm sure it will do the same for you. It brings me so much joy to bring you awesome guests like this. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any more awesome people who come on this podcast because it's just going to get better. And thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please leave me a review on iTunes or if this if this podcast particularly made an impact in your life, share it with somebody else who needs it. It's so important to spread this goodness. And thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time.